Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The theme of this hour is it happened again. And it cannot happen for a third time. I'll kick 360 rolls on. Hour number three. That third time is we, we will not be fooled again the next time the Titans face the worst team in the NFL. They lost to the Jets and the Texans. I feel different. At home. Uh, at, yeah, at, <laughs> at home. At home this past Gosh. week. You're right. I, I feel differently oh. about the yesterday's loss than I do the Jets' loss. And I'll explain because the, the rosters are far different. But so were the, 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 the ways that the, the Titans lost the game. At least with the Jets, you can look back on and think, okay, the Jets had one of their best performances of the season. And the Titans could, just couldn't put it away. The thing I remember about the Jets is Zach Wilson going up top on like four or five bombs. A couple of them to Corey Davis for a touchdown. Kept rolling out. Yeah, but like 40-yard bombs, right? A 50-yard-plus catches. And you're just thinking, okay, they just had one of those days. Again, I'm not making excuses for that. That was a horrible loss. I, I stand on what I said in week four. Terrible loss. Yesterday was more embarrassing because your best player threw four interceptions. I realize not all four are on the quarterback, but Tannehill threw four picks. He now leads the NFL in interceptions. And they turned it over five times. Could have turned it over a sixth. They fumbled and recovered in the end zone for a touchdown. And they turned it over on downs, which felt like a turnover for an, an offense that was desperate. This offense came out and looked and, and played desperate from the opening possession. And against the Houston Texans, I... I was alarmed at that. I, maybe I'm overreacting to the way they approached this game on offense. This was very uncharacteristic for a Mike Vrabel coach team. And are they able to just put it aside and focus on the Patriots? I hope so. The reality is I doubt it because their roster, especially on offense, is not that good. Well, they're starting wide receivers in New England, I mean, I'm not expecting A.J. Brown to resurface. Uh, Marcus Johnson's definitely not resurfacing, pulling up with a hamstring yep. the way he did uh, running for a ball in the end zone. <clears throat> so their starting wide receivers are going to be Nick Westbrook, Akina, Chester Rogers, and barring a new addition, Des Fitzpatrick. Who doesn't know the offense. So, listen, I mean... He's been around for how many weeks? He does the offense. Yeah, I mean, he's been here since the draft. So... They allow the practice squad to practice, right? Yeah, but okay, I mean, he's not good. practicing the, the offense. He's he's running the scout team, so he's pretending they to be... They give them a playbook, though. Yeah, right. Okay. but he's pretending to be Brandon Cooks and stuff like that. <laughs> so, so, the things... You know, this was supposed to be a pick-your-poison offense between Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones. And then after that, you'd get to, to mm -hmm. Marcus, Marcus Johnson or Josh Reynolds. Well, those guys are out of the picture, too. So you're really the wide receivers five, six, and seven. 
you've got to really come up with something to be threatening on offense, and you need the defense to really control this thing the way it controlled the Rams game and the Saints game. And at the end of this game for the Titans, they had Kyle Pico on the field at defensive tackle, Dylan Cole on the field at inside linebacker, Chris Jones on the field at cornerback, Dontrell Hilliard on the field at running back, and Des Fitzpatrick on the field at wide receiver. Those five guys were all very recently on the practice squad. Now, the practice squad's supposed to help supplement your roster. It's mm-hmm. not supposed to be 520 seconds of, your, of the starters that you're fielding. Uh, that's just too much. It's become too much to, to bear. I... I all valid excuses, right? Roster-wise, no, everything else, to not be as good. Game. The problem I have is is just it's more of a feeling about a team that wins versus a team that loses. And the Titans are a team that wins this year. And they're a franchise that wins the last three years. So how in the hell do you get to the point where the Texans are making winning plays and the Titans are making losing plays early? And I'm going back to that first interception by, by Ryan Tannehill. I thought that just switched everything. I did too. Because the two field goals early by the time I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> this is the Texans. They did a couple things on offense. They can't score a touchdown when they get down there. Go score a touchdown, restore balance, restore order, yeah. and go win this game. And then Ryan Tannehill staring down receivers. He's got a blind spot this year all of a sudden he hadn't had before where he can't see a safety or a linebacker in coverage far too often at times when he's not even under pressure throwing it right to a guy. It just, what bothered me was I expect the Texans to make those plays. I expect Terod Taylor to stare down a, a bad receiver and throw one to Kevin Byard and have him return it to the five-yard line. I expect them to fumble or muff a punt in a tough spot. But time and time again in this game, it was the Titans, an organization, a team accustomed to winning as opposed to losing, that made losing plays so even over on that and over play, again. When is an eighty-one yard return? I think eighty-two. Yeah, yeah. When Dontrell Hilliard tracks him back down and tackles him short of play. the goal line, I said to myself, "Well, that's going to be a four-point play. It's equivalent to the Titans I, getting a red zone hold, mm-hmm. and they'll be fine. It's, a, it's not a good play by any means. It's a bad interception, but you give up that big return. It's going to amount to a hold in the red zone now." Sure enough, they did hold them to a field goal, saved four points. And I said, they'll, they'll overcome it because that's kind of what they do uh, against a crappy team. They'll survive that. And then it got to the point where there was just more than they could survive. And then the, the final two interceptions in, late in the fourth quarter were kind of like uh, a little bit of the force it throws. Like, we're desperate to get back in this thing. I got to really try to do something here. And he couldn't do it. They there's, couldn't do it. There were so many moments in this game where if they just take what's there, they win this game. I mean, five field goals from Randy Bullock wins this game. Yeah, he started pressing early to go um, get the touchdown. That and there, there's so many instances. I, I was jotting them down as the game progressed. Forgive me, I'm going to look at my notes here and just go straight through. Um, so they left points on the field, opening possession. They have the penalty, right? and moves them out of field goal range. They end up having to punt. Um, second possession... Let's see. They get all the way to the Houston 18 before hurrying up on second down. They have to take a bad timeout because they're not set. For a delay, right? And then they, Yeah, and then they end up throwing an interception. Fourth possession. They advance to the Houston 31, and they have three plays. 
second and one, third and two, and a fourth and one turnover on downs. They failed to get to convert to get three points. Just take three. Uh, down 19 to six to start the fourth quarter. I'm going to fast forward here. That, I'm, and I should also mention the the uh, intentional grounding right before half keeps three off the board. Um, down 19 to six to start the fourth quarter. They went for it on fourth down from the 24 instead of kicking a field goal. They're down 19-6 to the Houston Texans. Get within 10 right there. Now, in fairness, this was post him missing an extra point in the rain. So yeah. the, I think the rain <clears throat> played a factor in that decision. It's a downpour. Uh, Their kicker was doing fine. Yeah. I mean, kick a field goal. Next possession, right after they elect to uh, go for it instead of kicking the field goal. Next possession, first and 10, after a 46-yard pass completion. They throw an interception. Like that, that was the Titans' day. And, and Fitzpatrick screwing up there. He's <clears> supposed <throat> to take that defender across there and leave Chester Rogers behind him. And if you look at a replay there, Fitzpatrick and Rogers are in the same area, which, you know, is never supposed to happen. Well, and it's those decisions are some of those are baffling uh, with what the Titans were doing. I thought it was a bad day for Mike Vrabel, much like it was a bad day for everyone involved with the Titans. But um, I would have an easier time stomaching this loss if I felt like, man, the Texans just really played well. You know, the Texans really came out. They, they faked punts. They did some trick things that really caught the Titans off guard. They went for it. They made some plays, and that was the difference in the game. The Titans played bad. The Texans were the Texans. Yeah. There's nothing great about what they did in this game. It was all the Titans playing poorly and making losing plays. All the Texans did was just stay out of their own way. That's it. They didn't do anything special. I didn't see one play call from uh, from Coley or decision in the game, and I thought, man, the Texans are here to surprise the Titans and win the game. They just let the Titans pee all over themselves from the start in the rain, and then they just, all right, guys, our work here's done. Let's hand it off to Rex Burkhead three straight times and punt it back to these guys because they suck. Avoided, That's what the one and eight Texans yeah. decided in that game. They sat all around. They avoided the they avoided the pass rush by not dropping back. That, that was their strategic philosophical approach they, to the so game, which isn't much. We're going to give you the real take on the Titans on this show. Um, they have Nick Westbrook Aquina and Dontrell Hilliard as their top receiver and their top running back right now. They're screwed unless. They get healthy fast, which, by the way, the injuries have not even evened out yet, haven't even leveled off. They keep getting worse week to week. Marcus Johnson just suffered a new one. Right. Tart just got carded off. Yes. Uh, yeah, great. I mean, great point. Not great that he's carded off, but, I mean, again, good examples of why the injuries keep continue to pile up. And on top of that, unless their defense gets some takeaways, which they didn't yesterday, and unless they're great on special teams, which they're capable of, and they were far from it yesterday. This offense is not going to put itself in position to do much of anything. They get a boatload of yards. But when it's time to go put points on the board, they can't do it. Not with this group. This group is a preseason roster. This is what you roll out there and you charge full price for in middle of August when the fans show up sweating just to watch a practice. And this is the roster you put out there on offense. These are the guys that you played your in Tampa Bay. The, yes, these are the guys that you that you play while you rest your stars. 
And unfortunately for the Titans, and it's no fault of theirs, at least to my knowledge, I don't think there, there's anything going on behind the scenes that have caused these rash of injuries compared to other teams. Um, they're going to Thanksgiving with what looks to be a two-game losing streak into their bye week in the backstretch with the Colts playing great, and you're begging for guys to get back healthy, guys who, other than Derrick Henry, haven't been able to stay healthy even when they come back healthy, and you're trying to piece everything together for the first time as you go into the postseason. I guess they're capable of doing that, but they're not capable of maintaining the number one overall seed. We're not going to throw some rainbows and puffy clouds and tell you how everything's great because right now they're still the number one seed in the AFC. No, look, when they finally got the roster together at the beginning of the season, they played very poorly in their first game against Arizona, and they played very poorly for the first half in Seattle. Yeah. So I've been kind of saying this all along. If you're waiting for Julio Jones to magically show up in the playoffs and then be good, I think that's asking way too much. If you're thinking Derrick Henry is going to plop back in the lineup and give you 30 carries and 155 yards and three touchdowns, you're asking for far too much. So you better get healthy for the final three games and get in some sort of groove. You're going to lose to a hot team that, that's been running on all cylinders if and when a team comes to, to Nissan Stadium. There are going to be a lot of people that say we're way too negative on this team. You can go find your Bob Ross painting of the Titans somewhere else. Some happy little trees? Yeah. It, Some happy little Titans? They are, they are in a world of hurt, pardon the pun, because their injury situation on offense has them in a, in a spot where, I mean, I know their schedule sets up well for them. We, we said their schedule set up well for them against Jacksonville and, and New York in back-to-back games. Their schedule set up well for them with Houston right here prior to having to go. After and, that six-game winning streak. Yes. so A week before the bye week. I don't know if there are teams that are scared to, to, to face the Tennessee Titans. Well, I will right say, now. I think there are ma- – I think I've said this all along. I think it's, it's about matchups, you know, if you draw the right team. Obviously, they found ways to beat some very good teams that they matched up well for, caused fits for. If you have weak interior offensive linemen and you're going to drop back, Right. You're going to have problems with the Titans. And the Titans will give you fits with Dupree and Autry coming up the middle. So if they, if, if they draw that kind of team, well, they, can, they can be a problem. The defense did its job yesterday. I mean, they didn't have a turnover or a sack. But they, I mean, they held Houston. Yardage-wise. Let's see. They ran 38 times, and the Titans allowed 82 yards. And what was their long play? 16 yards? Yard, uh, 38 carries. Um uh, 107 yards was the fewest allowed um, by the Titans all season. 107 passing yards. 71 lower than the next team. I mean, they've done everything they possibly could defensively. And their long play, Houston's long play, was 13 yards. So they lost. You hold on to the ball. It was ugly. Let's... uh, some of this unfortunate with injuries. Obviously, we can put that out there. You know, that's that's one that's a huge part of this. I want to play a bit of the blame game though when we come back with this Titans team and this loss because there's blame, not with the injuries, but there's blame about what's left post injury. Sure, that's all straight ahead on Outkick three hundred and sixty. Twenty 
22-13 the final. The Texans over the Titans. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. It was ugly. The weather, the football. And, uh, I was talking with uh, Claire, who went with her mom yesterday to watch this game. Oh, what a delightful time in the rain. And set out in the rain. And she got home, and I was like, was it worth it? No. The answer to that, no. Um. I don't know how anyone the, the that's a Titans that fan bared, that would have gone to that game would say that oh, it was Oh, in the torrential downpour. Miserable. Um, as I said at the house, uh, at, under the weather yesterday, I didn't want to go to the press box. And I'm thinking, I look out my window. It was not raining at my house, but downpour in Nashville. It was nasty. And maybe that has something to do with the aggressive nature of, of what the Titans did. But man, did they throw it a lot in that rain. They didn't want to kick it, but they threw it quite a bit. Well, Couldn't rush for a yard in some cases either. Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson doesn't need to be on the roster. No, there was a reason that he was out there available for the Titans and a reason that he looked like he was in retirement. He had five carries for two yards or less yesterday. He, the he, he talked about running upright and his 10-year-old son calling him on it then said second game he did better. Yesterday he looked very upright to me. I agree. I mean, that fourth down carry... It's not all him. They didn't have much of a chance for it, but he had no shot on on that one. So, but one thing this I is wanna... not a Peterson problem, though. Like the, no. this is where you're going with this. Adrian Peterson's 36 years old, right? Like he's a like he he is a Pro Football Hall of Famer five years from the time he decides to hang it up completely. Um, and more power to him. If there's an NFL team out there willing to sign an all-time great, I, I love seeing the greats try to stick it out, but. He doesn't need to be playing ahead of Foreman, and he's definitely not playing ahead of Dontrell Hilliard yesterday, although Hilliard was the one who wasn't announced as a starter. So if we're playing the, the blame game here, uh, the injury's unfortunate. No one's going to argue that. I will say, and I'll, I know, Paul, you wrote about it and looked into this, that the whole the hamstring thing is weird. Way too many. Way more than the rest of the league. It's a very strange thing that the Titans, uh, for some reason, are the unluckiest team with hamstrings in the National Football League. They're not. But uh, they're not? They're not. Who else? Denver's got way worse hamstring issues. Uh, the Giants have way worse hamstring issues. The Titans are like sixth. Still bad with yeah. some, of the, some of their key guys. And again, a lot of that unfortunate. What's also unfortunate is the drafting of Darrington Evans, where you needed a, a backup option at running back. Mm-hmm. I want to get to the point where guys that the Titans draft – or undrafted guys end up going on to be stars other places or productive players because the Titans have other guys they've drafted that are better than those guys, or they drafted higher that are better. Des Fitzpatrick, fourth round, trading up for him, a problem. When you look at depth issues right now on this team, those are the things that I go back. And look, Julio Jones, if you took a poll of Titans fans, everyone would have said, go after Julio Jones. That's they, a risk worth taking. They should have, based on their depth chart at, at wide receiver at the time. Yeah, and I, I would still say, look, I, I would have done the same thing if I was John Robinson with, with what they had at wide receiver. Well, it hasn't worked out. Here's the thing about Marcus Johnson. The reason Marcus Johnson hasn't taken off in the league is because Marcus Johnson hasn't stayed healthy. And right. y- yesterday, again, uh, you know, he didn't start the season healthy. He had a very good training camp, and then he was on IR at the beginning of the season. I can't remember with what. Might have been a knee, a might knee. have been an ankle. Now he pulled a hamstring yesterday. 
I don't know if it's as much about the Titans hamstring thing as it is about here they have a guy that they unearthed, so to speak, who has a history of just not being healthy and now twice has failed to stay healthy. You can't count on him. Can't count on him. Well, there's, we've been very honest on this show, foreshadowing what's to come for the Titans, which is going to be eventually misery because of missed first-round picks and some bad drafts. It high, always high catches picks. up to you. High always picks. catches up to you. I don't think that that is catching up to them right now as much as some of the things I just laid out. That's what's going to kill them now with depth. Julio Jones being a swing and a miss, going to kill them. Des Fitzpatrick not being able to step in and do something, not knowing the offense, being cut as a fourth-round pick they traded up to get, going to kill them. Darrington Evans not staying healthy, going to kill them. These are the things. Dylan Ray's He's a miss, even. though. I, I don't know that Evans is good. So first he needs I, to be good, and my, then you need to be missing my him. My point is those are – Missing him, but we don't if know If you're doing a, a checklist, a hit list of things, Titans fans would go to immediately and say, boy, this is where the organization really screwed up. They're going to Isaiah Wilson. They're going to some of these bigger ones that, that did not work out, right? And understandably so. Vic Beasley, Jadavion Clowney. They're going to those. Those are hurting them less right now than some of the other things I've laid out. The big ones will hurt them a year or two from now, and you're going to start to see that. These other misses, that's what's killing their depth right now. That's why you have this roster in flux. That's why I look at this offense, and I just don't know who they're beating Yeah. until guys get healthy. The other thing is some people on Twitter are saying, like, this team has no depth. This team has done very well to survive a lot of injuries. Now it's getting beyond what – anybody could handle we said all the time hut there's two guys they couldn't bear losing Tannehill and henry they won two games without henry now they've lost the they third a, without henry it's a very specific formula yes it's a very specific formula they have to use without henry and now they're down their top two receivers on top of that i think if you go to most teams in the league if they if they have a running back centered team and you take away that running back and their top two receivers they're going to have a hell of a time winning. Not just running back centered. Derrick Henry was, and I tweeted this in like week three. Yeah. Derrick Henry is, is the Titans offense. He still is the Titans offense. Derrick Henry today, today, is tied for the league lead in touches. And he's missed today, three games. He's missed three games. Take away their best player on offense. Take away anybody's best player on offense. And then conceivably... Their next two, two of their next three best players on offense, and who's who's going to be doing particularly well? That's what the Titans are dealing with right now. They need to get through well, next week, and they need those two guys healthy: AJ Brown and and Julio Jones. It's hard to count on anything from Julio Jones because they haven't had anything reliable from him. AJ Brown, they have, and he's had a variety of injuries this year. He's had a hamstring. Well, he's got a hand <clears throat> and a chest right now. They got to get him back and functional. And Julio Jones has to emerge out of the darkness and into the light and give them something reliable, or they're not going to do much. I'm not trying to harp on this. I am trying to defend. No, not defend. I'm trying to be fair to what I have defended over the last couple of seasons with Ryan Tannehill, which is is he elite or is he just an average quarterback run of the mill? who lucked into a trade behind a decent offensive line and a star pro football Hall of Fame caliber running back, and he's reaping the rewards of that. And I've defended through stats and wins and losses. and 
that the starting quarterback for the Titans should be put up there in like the top 10 of starting quarterbacks across the league based on what he's done over the last year and a half. I'm here to tell you what he is doing this year is not that caliber at all. And it's not going to be that anywhere near that caliber week if he ago, doesn't have at least one good receiver. A week ago, I'm, I'm seeing people locally in Nashville talk about how Tannehill's Pro Bowl worthy. No. What? What are you seeing? What are you watching? I, I'm being fair to the argument and the, the conversation. Someone that covers the team said that? Yes. Uh, fair to the argument and the conversation that Tannehill must be better. And I'm on board with that. Because yesterday was pathetic. On any account. If, if Jameis Winston did that, we would be destroying Jameis Winston for a five or four interception game and five turnover game. Ryan Tannehill must lift the rising tide and all the ships that go with this, no matter who's around him. He's got to be the guy. That's their one hope right now until they get A.J. Brown back on some consistent level and he stops dropping passes on top of staying healthy. Julio Jones back in some consistent level where he's going to give you 30 to 40 yards receiving per game. Marcus Johnson, for whatever it's worth. And a run game that's just worthy of handing the football off on third and short. I, I am, I'm here to say that if Tannehill's not capable of doing that, he's not a top-tier quarterback. Because like it or not, fair or unfair, the best quarterbacks in the NFL do exactly what I just described. I get what you're saying, and I don't disagree, but it's not unreasonable to want him to have A.J. Brown. And you mentioned he's dropped a lot of passes Great. in addition to being unhealthy. What he can't Ryan do, Ryan Tannehill Paul, needs A.J. Brown tell out me what, there healthy and not dropping here's, passes. Here's what he can't do. Throw in a coverage and throw picks oh, and lead the I, league I in interceptions. He's got to limit the passes. But let's not pretend that he's going to be Tom Brady making bad receivers good. He's not. I, mean, no, I don't think we've ever claimed well, that. I he's think there's a lot good. of people. He's getting if, paid $120 million. Yeah, if there's, it's not Tom Brady. Well, great, but if there's someone out there arguing he should be in the Pro Bowl that covers the team, then you got to make someone better at some point. And even if A.J. Brown's dropping pass, that's not the reason he's got 13-12 to 12 TD no, to interception no, ratio right you. now. It has nothing to do with that. Look, I am he's willing. He's not going to New England raise and beating my hand. the Patriots with this receiving I, This is far too – this is a quality that not many people who talk about sports for a living have. Raise your hand and admit when your previous opinion was wrong. I thought Ryan Tannehill – was close to an elite quarterback. He's not. not he this is year. reliant on Derrick Henry. He's but what does Carson Wentz look like with Derrick Henry and Arthur Smith calling plays? Probably a lot like Ryan Tannehill, quite frankly. Because what? he's not asked to do as much. You tell you can tell the elite quarterbacks when they're asked to do more and really lead the team and put the team on their back. Those are the elite quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill is not capable well, of doing Paul, that. I don't let, like let, the whole elite conversation. It, it's too fluid for the word. I think he needs to do what he needs to do to win. He did that for two weeks. If the defense was great, that's not his fault. He, he did his part in the wins against the Rams and the Saints, and it was fine. He played like crap yesterday, and it wasn't fine. Well, But, but he, I think it's unreasonable to expect that he can carry this team on his back He's the one to. of the people that he's throwing to Paul, is Desperate Patrick, who Derek, you say he shouldn't throw it to. Derek Henry would carry this team literally on his back to win. Well, you could hand and Ryan Derek Tannehill, Henry by the, the ball. way, Paul Ryan Tannehill. No excuses for this guy. He's about to face. You mentioned he's not going to the road to being the Patriots. After the bye week, he will face Jacksonville. He's going to face the Steelers defense that's giving up a boatload of points to the Chargers. He's going to host the 49ers on Thursday Night Football. He's going to host the Miami Dolphins. 
and he will go on the road to Houston. They should beat those teams. But how do you expect him to beat New England if his receivers are Des Fitzpatrick, Nick Westbrook, I don't expect and him Chester to Rogers. beat New England because Ryan Tannehill isn't capable of making plays against the Houston Texans. Yeah, we've seen really good to great quarterbacks elevate with non-star receiving cores. And that's what Tannehill has to do. I don't... Tannehill was a great quarterback in this offense with Derrick Henry. He showed that. He proved that. He is this year proving... The, first off, there was a drop-off with Derrick Henry in the game. There's a drop-off with A.J. Brown in the game. And now there's a huge drop-off when those guys are out. Some of that's to be expected. We don't have those guys around you, but he's not very good right now. Well, he's, not, me, he's not good enough, but they are eight and three. They are two and one without Henry. Where are they going? Where are they? Eight and three. Him. Eight and three is great when, when you're sitting here before Thanksgiving. I'm looking at the future. I'm looking at where this team is right now and where they're headed. Where are they going with Ryan Tannehill? Also, right Paul, now? you said he did what he needed to the last couple of weeks. What he needed to be was Terod Taylor yesterday. I mean, against the Thank Rams, you. it was don't throw an interception. I'm not apologizing for yesterday. Yesterday, he was terrible. Well, I'm saying the last two weeks, it wasn't like he was elevating anything. It was just don't screw it up. Because the other, it was Trevor Simeon on the other sideline without Alvin well, Kamara. Well, I'm not going to ask more and of them against was, the Rams was, and the Saints it was Matthew, when they win. It was Matthew Fine. Stafford they losing the game. comfortably against the Rams. Comfortably against the Rams who were Great. terrific heading in. Tell night. me where he's uh, showed anything in those two games that he's now going to elevate to win a game. For this team. Uh, look, things change week to week. Dak Prescott was MVP two weeks ago, and he stunk and yesterday. with one other performance, he'll be MVP caliber again. True or false? Pra- I mean, they're, at worst, true. they're going to be, what, number two in the league in total I, I offense? Just, I can't point to the performance this year where I say, okay, that's Ryan Tannehill. That, that's, that's the guy who's going to take it. Derrick Henry out. Who cares? He's going to elevate a couple games where the Titans are going to win because he's that great in those games. I can't point to one of those games this year. He's made a where couple. I can say that. He's I'm made not a ready couple. To completely write him off, Paul. This is where he should write his name in. That's my point. It is up to Ryan Tannehill to take over and win some games down the stretch. I get what He's you're saying. He's got to be the guy. But they're going to put Des Fitzpatrick on the field. You're saying, well, don't throw to Des Fitzpatrick. Now you're eliminating one of his three targets. So what do you want him to do? I. You want him to ignore one of his targets. I can't believe you're making so many field. excuses for John Robinson and Mike Vrabel right now. I, I'm not. Those, that's terrible that Des Fitzpatrick is one of his options. But if they put him on the field in New England, what do you want him to do with well, that option? I, Cancel I, him out of the game? I guess just take a knee because they don't have uh, John Robinson and Mike Vrabel haven't given him weapons to, to have any depth to complete a pass. Well, if Des Fitzpatrick is running the wrong route, at least two major times, I mean, we're what presuming do you want that. him to do? We're presuming he that. He ran the wrong route both times. Uh, well, one of them he stopped, and one of them he, he was in Chester Rogers' way. It's clear if you watch the two plays. Josh so Reynolds. You're getting, you're getting this from Vrabel? No. It's, from Tannehill? I, I watched the plays. So you know, you know exactly what was asked in those, in those plays? I don't know what exactly was asked. I know how to watch a play and see the reaction of the player and the quarterback. Well, he right. shouldn't have thrown the one that was the, uh, the king interception out the goal line. I mean, it, it looked like they were on the same page. He's throwing it towards him, but... There was no separation. I mean, Desmond King is right oh, there. Let, and he let just me makes point out, play. too, you're not taking away the, the wins. They should have lost against the Saints because of Ryan Tannehill, throwing a pick in the end zone and a phantom flag that was called for roughing the passer. The Saints should have won that game. I don't, I don't make apologies for bad play. 
They they this also, is a routine thing. Again, and going back to the John Robinson piece on this, Josh Reynolds, who now goes to Detroit and apparently can do something. No, he's not doing anything. Well, the but, guy still sucks. Yeah, he was. T- he so, played a lot. Okay, but that's another bad acquisition. No, yes, correct. Josh Reynolds, Des Fitzpatrick. Julio Jones. Oh, the player Pua, acquisition's been the player acquisition's been a huge issue. I I, I just my my overall I, I mean, point it's, it's, for it's, bringing it's this a, up. It's a real defeated is point that we're in though. That now we're just going back and forth on. Well, Ryan Tannehill, he should be better. They're paying him to be better, but oh, he and Paul saying, well, he can't be better with these guys out there. Well, it's the GM who provided him these guys. I'm saying that apparently he, can't do he anything. He said he shouldn't have thrown anywhere near Des Fitzpatrick yesterday. So I'm saying if they put three wide this receivers on the field, this isn't just about Des Fitzpatrick. And one, it's not just about Des Fitzpatrick. But and I'm you're saying, harping on him. Well, I'm saying if they put three wide receivers on the field and you want one of them not to be thrown to, now he's got two options out of three guys uh, going on the field. Des Fitzpatrick doesn't know the offense. That's not a Tannehill problem. Well, I agree. That is a coach. That's a Mike Vrabel problem. I agree. This guy, this guy has been around since the draft. They cut him for a week and brought him back. Let me go I'm to my frustration on this, but too. What would you have Tannehill do? Let me go to my frustration. I want this. Tannehill to protect this. the football at all costs. And if that means don't throw the football to a guy who sucks, don't throw a football to a guy who sucks. If you're lining up at the line of scrimmage and the parabolic microphones can pick up his voice on the CBS broadcast looking at Des Fitzpatrick and saying, Des, are you good? Are you good? If he has then to do that, good. the scrub should not be on the field. Yeah, then he's not Period. good. And here's, here's my frustration, Paul, going back before this. The Josh Reynolds acquisition uh, that that's been t- was terrible while he was here. Uh, well, Obviously, Des that. Fitzpatrick. And the other thing is, they had a chance to try to trade for someone to help with this at the trade deadline, and they did nothing. And I harped on that too. We were, we, uh, and again, I go through the list. Odell Beckham Jr. Titans fans will probably come back and say, "Oh, he's a cancer." And if your locker room's good, you go add someone who could help you. They, Odell Beckham Jr. would be a star in this receiver no, group right now. They don't need a number one. They, they AJ will be back and forth. My point on the on the trade deadline I, was the Rams they need don't need a, number one, number one either, but they got him. I no, mean, yeah, their number one's Cooper Cup. Yeah, they, exactly. They've got a number three in Odell. My point was they needed a number two that was reliable. Marcus Johnson, for all I know, is Anthony Ferkser. He had one good game. Anthony Ferkser caught yes. his first, had one his first touchdown. Anthony Ferkser's had. Anthony Ferkser, yeah, I know. You know. The one good game was last year against Houston. And yesterday, the fumble recovery. That's his play of the year. That's his first touchdown since that game last year against Houston. And Zach Cunningham was busy celebrating the forced fumble. My, Otherwise, my, he here's recover. my point, Paul. The best quarterbacks in the league – take what can be a bad roster at some positions and they make sure that the bar that the that the floor is at a certain level and Tannehill yesterday isn't helping them win the game in fact he's losing the game well, he lost the game yesterday because the defense no matter how opportunistic they are and no matter what they're doing in the red zone i mean if we're just looking at the the yards that Houston had to drive to score in this game. Their average starting position was the 41, I believe. And that's that's on the quarterback. I mean, I don't know. I don't have any. So here's their scoring drives. Their, their scoring drives covered. Their, this is aside from their average starting position. Drives where they scored. They covered 62 yards, 0 yards, 76 yards, 5 yards, and minus 4 yards. Those were their scoring drives yesterday. 
And it's – I mean, there was in, a layup. In this game, I, I mentioned they just needed Tannehill to be Terod Taylor the last two weeks to win, just not screw it up. I'll argue that if Tannehill's Terod Taylor yesterday, the Titans win. A close game at home. And the worst yeah, receiver – They turned the, the ball over twice yesterday, they win. Worst receiver on the field actually scored his first career touchdown yesterday. I, I don't disagree with that. Look, I'm not uh, – Paul, I'm not ready to just say – well, the Titans definitely have to draft a quarterback in the first round this next year. I'm not willing to go that far yet either, but I am willing to say a lot of things I said about Tannehill defending him as a great NFL quarterback. The people that said, yeah, he's really good with Derrick Henry, but overall he's probably closer to the Miami Dolphins, Ryan Tannehill. I think they're a little bit more right than I was right now. Wow. I've never said he's great. I've said he's great for what they do. Yeah, he's great. He he's great with Arthur Smith and and with uh, with Derrick Henry. Yeah, I agree with that. But he's not he's not good enough right now. Well, yes, uh, last year I put him in the elite category because the numbers in his play put him there. Uh, he's far from that right now, and he doesn't have to be elite. He's got to be good, and he's got a stretch run here where he's not going to have Julio Jones. He's not going to have Derrick Henry. Who knows if he's got Marcus Johnson for, I mean, who, uh, Marcus Johnson could go on IR this week. A.J. Brown will be hit or miss. Um, offensive line has been banged. It's on him now to rise to the occasion and just protect the football because your defense is going to allow you to stay in games. The game plan now is to muddy the water. The game plan is to do exactly what Houston did to the Titans yeah, yesterday. It is, and it's not going to be nearly. Don't lose games. It's not I'm, not be- asking, I'm not asking Ryan Tannehill to be Tom Brady, Paul. I'm asking him not to lose games. That's 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 the ask from the quarterback who you're paying a four-year, $118 million contract to. Well, that's a completely reasonable ask. Don't lose and he games. Should be able to, and he should be able to handle that. Not next week, but after that. Well, don't lose the game in Foxborough. I also well, signed I my think, name on that I, request. I think plenty of people will be able to lose the game uh, other than Ryan Tannehill. I, I think, I think Tannehill, if, unfortunately, is in the category for that. I think if Ryan Tannehill plays this game like uh, Mac Jones, the rookie on the other side will play the game, which is not to lose a lot of times. They'll just protect. I think this is a 16-13 to 13 game either way. Honestly, even with the Titans. I mean, it's, it's got the capability of being that type of game. I, if well, that's neither the, quarterback that's loses the Patriots the game. are giving up, about 16.1 points yeah. a game. Yeah, if, if neither I, quarterback loses the game, I, and I think like, the Titans are capable of playing that way defensively against them. I feel like you can count on the Titans' defense. They're, at every level, there's a player you can count on. Um, on offense, that guy's got to be your quarterback. Got to be. And right now, I can't put his name down on that. I know Taylor Lewan stand up for his quarterback. Taylor Lewan stood up for well, a number for of quarterbacks quarterback. over the years. Everybody stood up for um, and, and Tannehill is far better than the quarterbacks that we have seen come through St. Thomas Sports That's Park. Just a quick point. That's why I was kind of disappointed that Tannehill didn't take more on because the way it usually works is the quarterback takes all the blame there and then lets everybody else defend him. And well, every, you, everybody else defended him, and he didn't. I didn't feel like really yeah. fall on the sword. Well, he, he said, said the words, yeah, but he didn't have yeah, the you're right. feeling. You know, what I, you know what I kind of took from that? I mean, no one in that locker room respects Des Fitzpatrick. <laughs> well, I, that's, I, I, I mean, it's, it doesn't take a genius to see right through that. Well, if not for the Des way, Fitzpatrick. The way Taylor Juan immediately defended Ryan Tannehill, the way Tannehill immediately went to Fitzpatrick, him holding his hand and saying, hey, Des, you got it? Did you get that audible? You know what we're doing? No one respects that guy, and if, that's a problem. If not for Des Fitzpatrick, they lose 22 to 7 instead of 22 13. Yeah. 
So I, I mean, don't know. Can Des, Mason Kinsey run that route? Des Fitzpatrick put <laughs> points on the board. That's a question I didn't think we'd be asking right around Thanksgiving. Can Mason Kinsey run that route? There's, our Twitter feeds are loading up with the answer. Yes. I, I think yes. Mason Kinsey can run that route without Tannehill checking with him if he knows the order. <laughs> How's uh, – Don't you? Yes. How's Drew Bennett's hamstrings right now? Bright guy. I'm going to look who How are his legs? On. You know who's, who's on the uh, – Cody Hollister's on the practice squad. Line him up. He'll be playing this week anyway. Be, I think it'd be better. Get two receivers. You know what? I, I, Cody Hollister's playing this week. I think Cody Hollister's teammates probably respect him more than Desmond Fasher. <laughs> I don't think that. I don't think. I, I think I'm going to go right. on a limb and I'm say Ryan kidding. Tannehill wouldn't have to look over there and say, "Hey, Cody, you get that? Did you get that audible? I think we're on we to good here." Outkick 360 rolls on. Hang with us. So. What we thought was true is completely false. I'm not talking about the Titans. Outkick 360 rolls on. Viscovi is not Viscovi. Am I getting this right, Chad? So Santiago Viscovi, as we've known him for two years now, Tennessee shooting guard from Uruguay, Uruguay. (laughs) uh, is now, we find out over the weekend on ESPN, thanks to Fran Fraschilla, that his name is actually... Vescovy. <laughs> and I was listening. I'm watching Tennessee Villanova on Saturday, which was uh, Tennessee got taught a lesson against Villanova and bounced back nicely. It was nice. Yesterday. And taught North Carolina a lesson the next day. But uh, they kept saying Vescovy. Vescovy. And I'm thinking, they're mispronouncing his name. It's Vescovy. You're putting the emphasis on the wrong yeah, syllable. But, but it's also not Co. It's Co. Vescovy, not Vescovy. So they go on to explain against North I think it was Fran Fraschilla in the North Carolina game said, yeah, I make a habit because he covers international players mm-hmm. for ESPN. I go and talk to the players, and I find out from them, how do you pronounce your name in your native country? And they tell me exactly how to pronounce it, and that's how Santi, as the teammates call him, Santi Vescovy, oh, pronounces his gonna, name. So Tennessee confirmed it. Tennessee Media Relations said, yeah, he's been. we've been saying it the wrong way, and we were never corrected by him, and it's Vescovy. So from here on out, it's going to be Santiago Vescovy. Uh, UT confirms it. Well, why didn't UT get it? I, I don't, for, what I don't have know. they been doing for the last two years? I have no idea. I guess the kid was just being polite, and they never fully asked him to say his name back to them, yeah. and they just started saying it one way. Maybe they heard Rick Barnes say it well, it's on the incorrectly, player. and they kept going, and he finally corrected him. I, I have no idea. So Vescovy? Santiago will, Vescovy. Well, see, now what happens is... Who, by the way, here. is the most improved player on that roster. We, He's been very good to start the season. We will have listeners and fans of Tennessee now that will rip us for saying Vescovy. Yes. I, I, I feel bad now for my reaction to the announcers on ESPN saying it that way because I'm immediately thinking, why are they butchering his name so much? Yeah. And they were the ones getting it right. And everyone else got it wrong for the last two They've years. They've been listening to you saying, why are you butchering his name? So they're that- big Outkick 360 fans, and they're thinking, why is this guy saying Vescovi? Uh, on the show tomorrow, Sean Merriman, lights out, will be on the show tomorrow. John McClain back in Houston from his trip to Nashville where he watched the Texans beat the Titans. Still can't believe food that poisoning. happened. Yeah, food poisoning. We will uh, get into that and much more with John. Plus, Glenn Gilbo is on the show from Outkick.com. A lot to discuss in the coaching world with LSU in Florida, what is the latest as we wrap up today's show? Brandon there? Walker from uh, Barstool Sports is reporting that Florida right now, they had the flight tracker. I saw people posting, and they had a flight from Gainesville to Lafayette, Louisiana. Okay. And he confirms that Florida is meeting with Billy Napier, head coach at Louisiana right now, and that Sonny Dykes will be the next head coach at TCU. 
and a press conference is coming soon to announce SMU's coach making the move from SMU to TCU, which is no surprise. That was one everyone pegged from the beginning. It's funny, though, all these big names in coaching, Mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden it's LSU and Florida battling it out for Billy Napier of Louisiana. Gators and Tigers going at it. Back at it tomorrow for Outkick 360. Hope you'll join us for the Tuesday edition. Do not block the box. Do lock your locks.